The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me always is my friend and co-host, Chris. Chris Holmes, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I am doing really good today. Been gaming this past week. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of Genesis, but... That's a bummer. But yeah, my, game, my gaming has been a drought lately due to uh, <laughs> external affairs here with my house hunting and then, of course, a couple of my games getting canceled for real-life events. That happens. That happens. So what are we talking about tonight? What's our episode title? Oh, um, I think I called it, It's Alive! <laughs> a Guide to Character Creation. That is right. We are going to be talking character creation tonight. So let me see here. So let's get into some news. Um, Really, the only news I think we have to report Genesis-wise since last time is Tirnoth is on the boat. Oh, I'm so ready to run that setting, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. That's going to be pretty fun. And it's, um, I don't know, so that probably means, I don't know, six weeks? Hopefully the end of next month? I'm hoping. But don't yep. quote me on that. I do not work for FFG, so. <laughs> but I'm yeah. hoping. On the boat's kind of like Groundhog Day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. You're right. Yeah, kind of Six is. more weeks of drought until we get a new book. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, man, I am looking forward to that book. And they have a couple of things that they're putting in that that we didn't really mention last time that I remembered was, um, what are these freaking heroic actions? I want to know. I know. I'm and curious. I, I can't wait. And there's a, there's also mounted combat as well that they're adding in there. Now, if it's anything like the the Star Wars game, it's gonna move. It's gonna be just fine rolling in because they basically use the vehicle rules. Yep. Except yeah. for you're riding on a monster or on a on a like dragon riding. or on a horse or whatever. Exactly. Or a saber tooth tiger. <laughs> Yeah. That's another one. <laughs> That's another day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that in your Thule setting, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, yeah, that's about all the news that I've got. I don't know if there was anything else. No, nope, there's right. nothing really. It's been kind of dry lately. All right. So, next would be listener feedback. What do we got, man? Well, we got a couple questions I chose for today's show. We got a few more, but I've been just kind of picking them to keep it one or two at a time. So let's start first. Uh, We got some feedback from our friend Scott W. Uh, He has – he he sent this via email, and it said, uh, so far, it's a great show, despite Jamie. (laughs) I think he was listening to the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) You guys blew my mind with the psionics as a race from the book. I'm using that to clean up my Eberron adaptation of Kalishtar. Too easy. 
keep it up. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I think I think Scott ran us. That's my only session that I played in Genesis. I think Scott ran Jamie, Matt, and I, Matt Stark, and I, in a small little small little one shot adventure. And dude, if you've never played Eberron from, I think it was like three, it was a three five setting. Yeah. Oh. It rocked. Ooh, we got a nice burp there. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Eberron was one of my favorite D and D settings. I loved the 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 different races with uh, the way that each race had their own um, uh, tattoo power thing, whatever it was. The it was dragon uh, the marks. dragon marks. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. And then you have the Warforged, which were awesome. And my favorite race, the Shifters. Oh, the which, Shifters. Uh, the descendants of were creatures. Nice, oh. nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, say thanks, Tony, or uh, thanks, Scott, for sending that in. Yes, thank you, buddy. And then also from um, now, I had to consult with my resident favorite uh, French Canadian, Stefan Dragonspawn, on how <laughs> to pronounce this name so I wouldn't butcher it. Oh, good, because I so, thought you were going to have me read it, and I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, French is the worst thing for me to pronounce. So uh, his name is uh, Laurent Borgal, and that's about as good as it gets, buddy. Uh, <laughs> me, as, and, a, as, a, as an American, I probably would have said Laurent Bergalt. You know, hard tease. <laughs> well, tease are silent. Um, but anyhow, uh, Laurent sends us uh, this uh, over from Facebook, and it says, uh, Hello, group. I am planning to run a Arkham Horror game using Genesis. I have some questions. Maybe you can help me. Now, he split this into three parts, so I figured we would read each one and then kind of answer mm -hmm. them with our you know, own I, little answers. I, yep, I do remember this one. And if we read all of the questions and then go back, it makes a, it makes a little more sense. It helps. Okay. Okay. So, all right, so I'll, I'll start with the first one. Yeah, yeah, read the first one. But Okay, so part one here is I was wondering which skill you would recommend – uh, using when characters are searching for clues, information in a library or in newspaper archives. Okay. And in the second part, he said, knowing the occult mythos lore is specific, I was thinking of inventing this skill instead of using the generic knowledge skill. Do you have any thoughts? And the last uh, one. And then the third part, there is no demolition school skill in the rulebook. How could I have characters check to make explosives, plant them, arm or disarm a a bomb. Cool. Uh, these are the ones that come to mind for me now. Thanks a bunch. Keep up the good work with the podcast, and I'll keep listening. Cool. So, oh, so if we don't keep up the good work, he won't be listening. Hmm. Yeah, right, Lauren, we're, <laughs> we're going to keep it going. Then we're going to keep up the good work. Then. <laughs> All right. So that yeah. So that first one, which one would we recommend for gathering information from a library or new newspaper? Uh, for for me, I would say use the knowledge skill. But yep. since he, that's why I wanted us to read the other one because he was thinking of inventing a new skill. And if you're going to do that, then um, you could potentially add an investigation skill or a research skill, or maybe even a general like a knowledge research or knowledge education um, for that as well. Yeah, and all those work. Um, now, uh, for me, it was uh, you could just use perception if you wanted to uh, for searching for clues, uh, for actively searching for them in a library setting or something like that, or even um, even knowledge. Knowledge would work. Both work uh, for know, I passive. Would even use, I would even use um, um, vigilance. Yep. 
And that's what I was saying for passive clues, oh, yeah. like oh, okay. you're investigating a crime scene mm-hmm. or you're, uh, you walk into you know, uh, somewhere where there was – someone was doing research of their own already to pick up clues and things like that. Vigilance works fine as far as a passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the, the way that I see those two skills, perception and, and vigilance, I can't remember where I read this, but it was a pretty good explanation where perception is seeing the details of those things that are out there that you've kind of noticed, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, picking out those details. But vigilance are picking up things that you haven't seen that come into the scene so that's why when you're not prepared you would use vigilance for like your initiative checks to be surprised so just seeing a clue off in the corner you could totally use use either one of those and i think you'd be all right to be honest yep okay and uh so in in the second part of that obviously that's kind of all intermingled you can meet you can make your own knowledge skills just as a suggestion, keep it to three to five, not many more than that. You don't need to spread knowledge out. You can have like knowledge education, and in this case, like a knowledge occult, yep. uh, maybe a knowledge mythos specifically, um, mm-hmm. even. And then like one or two other knowledges, um, and that will be fine. That, right. that'll, that'll do the job that you need it to do, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of investigation. Yeah. And, you know, you can pick, you can even look at what they've done. I played Trail of Cthulhu a couple weeks ago, my first Cthulhu game ever, which amazingly, it, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. And they have a lot of different investigation skills. And I don't know, whatever the GM has in mind for a campaign setting, you can create skills that are kind of tailored to what you kind of want your players to um, use and investigate. Like there was like a cop talk, which was one so that they know what the 1099 is or well, actually 1099. That's tax season. So that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> There's something now, but, but anyways, yeah. Okay. And then I have one last note here that I sent to him myself. And that is um, another way to gather clues in like a crime scene environment is with streetwise. Ooh. So you can keep that in mind also. Now, and then his final question about the explosives. Oh, actually, one go back there on that second one. You know what I thought of? Is I thought of maybe you can use skullduggery to, um, if you wanted to get a clue and pick and pocket a clue without anybody seeing it, like if you're on a police there or whatever, you can maybe use skullduggery to kind of, what, sleight a hand it, if you will? Yes. That too, if you wanted. So. All right, yeah, yep. so part three, demolition. So that's pretty easy. That's the easiest of all these questions to answer. <laughs> yeah, it was, because we played Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and in Star Wars, demolitions of all kinds, whether you're setting an explosive or uh, disarming a bomb or planting them, it's mm-hmm. simple as a mechanics check. Yep, yep. And I think they had that in No Disintegrations, was it? No, that was, mm. no, that the bounty hunter book. No, I think it was a, or was it the hired gun book? That I they had? don't. Yeah, I think so. it's in the hired gun book, but yeah, yeah, because that's the one that added the demolitionist. Yep. And uh, and then also, if you have uh, for for a note on this, if you have other types of traps you want to set, say you're more in a fantasy setting and you want to set uh, traps or disarm traps, then you'll revert back to skullduggery. 
Yep, Skulldark Geek. Now, would you use, so, so talking traps, I know this is getting a little off topic, would you use, so say I'm a, say I'm a ranger, would you allow me to use survival if I want to do like dead traps or um, what are those, you know, traps? A snare? Snares, yeah, snares and pits. Most assuredly, I would. As your GM, as your GM, I would, I would encourage you to. Sweet. All right. Yeah. So that, that pretty much uh, answers all of Lawrence's questions. Um, and he, uh, this time, he sent me a couple more that I got to share with you yet, Chris. Nice. Um, so, uh, anyhow, uh, that pretty much covers the feedback. We've heard a lot coming from people out there that uh, are listening and liking what we're doing, and we're hoping to continue to make you all happy and do more of it. Absolutely, yeah. And if you guys have any ideas for show ideas, we have some of our own ideas. But if we're getting a lot of um, suggestions to do one specific thing or a couple different things, we'll definitely um, move that out. I, don't, I have no idea what we're doing next, but you know, it is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> eh, we'll figure that out as we go. Absolutely. All right. So then, going to the next part, then, right? All right. Let's head on over there. All right, everybody, we are now at the, going to open up the book of Genesis. Uh, <laughs> and, and now we're going to talk through character creation. So we're going to go through these steps, which start on page, uh, let's see here. Start on page 32. Yippers. All right. Um, first thing is concept and background. So your character concept, your character background. So obviously this is going to vary as to whatever setting you're playing. Um, you might or might not want to play a dwarf warrior in a modern spy setting, though that'd be kind of neat <laughs> if you wanted to. But um, Then you're playing Shadowrun. Then you're playing Shadowrun or, or Bright, <laughs> right? Right. Which, by the way, kick-ass movie on, um, on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it yet, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so you, you just come up come up with a concept. There are um, nice suggestions in here for like your you know questions like what inspired them to leave their life and become an adventurer. Um, I've always asked myself, um, or I have been in the last few years, is I heard this on a podcast somewhere. Um, ask your characters so like what do they love, what do they hate, and why are you here? You ask these questions, you know, you can kind of flesh out your character a little bit. But yeah, just your basic, you know, concepts. Do you want to be a ranged character? Do you want to be a talky, you know, uh, fast-talking um, uh, smuggler or whatever there, so... And this is just a quick outline of your character. This isn't something... You're not going to do six pages of backstory. You don't need to do that. No. <laughs> you can... But your, <laughs> your DM might put the kibosh down on it. No, actually, I always like I, I like to write write a bit of a background for my characters and just pull things in, so the DM can or sorry DM or GM <laughs> um, can uh, can like pull that out and mess with me <laughs> with give them a little bit of a fodder for me if you'd like. Right, right. Uh, but as a GM, I prefer people do, and I usually do for mine, a paragraph or two at best. You don't need much. All right, I'll remember that, Tony. <laughs> I'll be sending you three pages on um, on uh, 
what is it, uh, my Deveronian slicer here soon? Nope, you'll get a TLDR, buddy. Too long, didn't read. <laughs> nice. All right, go ahead. So what, what, what next after we've got our concepts, Tony? What, what do we do next? So we're choosing our species or race. Uh, so if you're playing in a humans-only setting, you're going to choose your archetype also. Yep. Um, if you're choosing, if you're playing in a you know space opera, then you'll have alien races to choose from. If you're playing in fantasy, you'll obviously have fantasy races to choose from, mm-hmm. and that will give you your racial stat block. Each one of those, whether it's your archetype or your race, uh, gives you your all your beginning characteristics it gives you your starting wound threshold your starting strain your starting xp mm-hmm. and one to two usually no more than three special abilities usually right if you have more than three you usually have hardly any xp to spend <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean typically one of them is like maybe a bonus skill or a bonus to a skill um and then a couple other you know, abilities or like one right. session abilities or something. Yeah, and that's uh, particular to the Genesis Core book. The archetypes each have their own way, cool way of spending story points. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like some of these. Like the um, what was this? This is archetype I'm looking at. The aristocrat, forceful personality. Once per session, you could spend a story point as an incidental. And when you do during your next skill check, you can um, you double the strain you inflict or the strain you heal on your next skill check. That's pretty Which cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And that's a once per session thing. So, right that's now, if I'm playing in a if I'm playing in a fantasy campaign where we you know we have dwarves and we have elves uh, and we have you know a bunch of other fantasy races, do I need to look beyond the basic human? Um, yeah, you could. Yeah, I mean, you should. Your DM, sorry, your GM or DM. Ah, and your GM. <laughs> Jamie, if you're listening to this, bastard. <laughs> you got questioning himself all the time now. It's great. Exactly. Um, they do have in this, they do in their, um, in their, uh, what do you call it? Their fantasy setting here. Mm-hmm. They do have, um, dwarves. An elf, an orc, mm-hmm. if you will, and then your GM, if they've create, you know, created your their setting, they would have their own races for something along those lines too. To do okay, all right. Well, after I've chosen my race and I know what kind of grubby little uh, ugly guy I am, what do I do here with uh, what's next? Well, you got to decide what you're going to do. What do you do? How are you connected to this world in a sense? Where what is your career? What's your specialty? And really what this, what your careers in Genesis give you is an, basically an archetype, if you will, for like an entertainer, a soldier, a scoundrel. But what it also gives you is it gives you career skills that you're allowed to choose. So there's eight career skills on your, um, from, from the skill list that are considered career skills. So those will be cheaper to increase when you want to put more experience points in it when you're when you're um, spending your experience points. Um, and then at character creation, of the eight, you get to pick four of them that start with one rank. Um, and maybe your uh, species or race might give you one rank already in a skill. 
Um, so it's okay to have the two ranks, but no more than two ranks to start with. So, for instance, I have, if I'm looking at the scoundrel here, they get charm, cool, coordination, deception, ranged, skullduggery, stealth, and streetwise. And I get to choose four of those. So I'd probably maybe pick, if I'm, if I'm doing like, say, a, um, you know, a, uh, you know, a cat burglar, I'd probably want to do stealth, skullduggery, you know, to kind of break into the place. Um, might want to do streetwise to maybe get an idea of where, where the next job might be. Um, and might be some, maybe some deception to kind of maybe, no, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be cleaning this nice, beautiful looking statuette, <laughs> golden statue before I put it in my backpack <laughs> and leave. So. Okay. Uh, so there's also little notes in each one of these little careers where they have, um, if you're doing something specific to a setting, sir, for instance, let's, uh, let's look at that scoundrel, sure. uh, on, uh, page 41. Yeah. And at the bottom it says, if you're playing, uh, if you're playing where this skill is available, switch ranged with ranged light, uh, for, mm-hmm. uh, for prep to represent the scoundrel's preference for pistols and thrown weapons. So that's just saying if you're using this in a modern setting uh, where you have range light, range heavy, gunnery type, it's all spread out. It all depends on the setting. It all depends on your GM. Uh, Make sure – also, you know, there is nothing wrong with the GM coming along and saying, you know what, I don't think this skill fits in this career. You can take it out and put the new skill in as a GM and create – or create your own careers – that's this is a guidebook for GMs and players alike, and together you kind of gotta tweak the characters to your individual taste. Right. Yeah. And and as a and as a GM, you know, I like to listen to my like to listen to my players in that regard. When I'm around the table and I hear them make comments, maybe to themselves, it gives me ideas for things. And having that dialogue back and forth and allowing them to create the character they want to create, it's all about having fun. So. You know, right. if they're going to have more fun doing that, hey, more power to them. That's what it's all about. Right. And like I like I was saying with this, the scoundrel, for instance, okay, you said cat burglar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was deciding to make a cat, cat burglar. And I listened to, I looked at that uh, that skill list, and I really just didn't think charm fit on there. And instead I wanted, uh, acrobatics, you know, maybe? acrobatics. And instead I would totally, as a GM uh, acrobatics is not a skill in Genesis anymore. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's coordination. It's all coordination now, it's isn't all it? All coordination. But you know what? I might want melee. Oh, may, what Instead, I was thinking. Like I'm sorry. I know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. What are you thinking? Let me strike that and reverse it. I was thinking not acrobatics, but athletics. Athletics. Oh, gotcha. Yep, yep. <laughs> to climb, use your yes. climbing gear and such. And you know, I totally allow it to. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Sorry, I uh, was playing D and D five E earlier today, and for some reason, I have those skills in my head. Yeah, man, I played, I played the other night too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so many systems, so little time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next, so once we have our concept, our species, we picked our species, our race, and our careers, and we've selected some skills. What's next? What do we do next, Tony? Well, then you invest your XP. All right. So you have a little chart here on page 45. Right. Uh, it's table 1 
.2-1 spending mm-hmm. starting experience. Yep, which you get from your from your species or race. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, it tells you uh, what you can spend your XP on. And basically, it's you can spend it on your characteristics. And this is the only time you can spend XP on your characteristics. Right. That's uh, the uh, brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower, and presence. Yep. Uh, and those are going to be uh, 10 times uh, XP spent will be 10 times the purchased rating. So if you're moving from a 2 to a 3, it's going to cost you 30 of your beginning XP mm-hmm. to change that stat. And then if you were going to change that same stat from a 3 to a 4, that would cost you another 40 XP. So to go from two to four, it's 70, 70. XP. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, would I, if I had enough, would I be able to go up to, um, can I raise that stat to six? Nope. There's a hard cap. You cannot raise your characteristics above rank five at character creation. Yep. And uh, that's a lot of like XP. Spice. <laughs> that's a lot of XP. <laughs> yeah. <that> anyway. <laughs> You'd have to have a race that started with a four, I think, and had a lot of XP. That's right. Um, also, then you can spend experience to purchase ranks and skills. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two ways to do that. If it's a career skill, it's going to be five times the desired rank. So if you don't have any ranks in it, it's going to cost you five for that first rank. Uh, if you have one rank in it, you can pay ten for that second rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at there is a hard cap, and that is at character creation. You may not raise a skill above two. Yep. And what if uh, I wanted, so, what if I wanted to pick a um, pick a skill that wasn't on my career list? Like, say that scoundrel that we were thinking of. I wanted to pick um, something like uh, I don't know medicine. Well, that uh, skill for you is going to be the each rank in the non-career skill costs an additional five. So you would just calculate it like you would a normally uh, a normal. You know, if you're buying first rank in it, it's normally five, and then add five. If you're buying the second rank in it, it's ten and add five, so a total of fifteen. Fifteen. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. And then the third and final way to spend your starting XP is talents. Uh, Talents Hmm. are what make each character unique and individual because no two characters are going to choose the same list of talents. That's true. You can make two scoundrels, both you and I, and I guarantee both of us are going to choose a different set of talents. (laughs) That is true, assuming we have experience points left. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And uh, that is the the main steps mm-hmm. then there's a couple of uh, little uh, fleshing out steps well the, What's next? the one thing well the one thing about talents one more so those cost five experience points times the tier of ah. the talent so like if you want to buy a, a tier one talent it costs five experience points in order to buy a second tier talent first off you have to have two tier one talents before you pick a tier two talent but that's actually enough for another show, <laughs> to be honest. We do a yes. whole show on talents, most definitely. Uh, I think we will eventually have a talent show. <laughs> yes. We'll, oh, yeah. 
maybe invite a couple extra people on and see how talented they are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so, Uh, so you were saying, so the next step, there are these derived attributes, and we have four of them. One is your wound threshold, one is your strain threshold, and your defense, and then your soak value. Now, your wound threshold is based on your race. So if we go back up to these character, so these archetypes, let's go to a human um, archetype. I'm looking at the average human. They have a starting wound threshold of 10 plus your brawn characteristic. Now, this is after if you say you've bumped up your brawn to a 3, you know, which as, which it should be at this point. In this case, his wound threshold would be a 13. Um, strain threshold, same thing. Um, for a human, uh, this average human is 10 plus their willpower, which would maybe, which is a 2 in this case, so that'll be 12. And then your defense would come in. Um, there might, You might have a special um, racial ability that'll give you a defense, or maybe you've selected a talent that, that raises your defense score, your range defense, or a melee defense by one. Um, and then you would you would calculate that here. And then your soak value is going to be equal to your brawn at this point. And then um, as you choose your gear, your armor is going to add soak values as well. So you'll come back, you'll probably iterate on soak a couple times during this. So Okay. Um, and what happens if later on when I, say, XP up my brawn? Does you- my... XP up your brawn, it will not increase your wound threshold, which is, this was something that I had asked. Uh, there was a question I raised on the RPG brewery to Sam Stewart when he was on there, and it does not. But it will increase your soak. It will increase, it does increase your soak. Okay. And the same thing for your strain threshold. If you increase your your willpower, your strain does not increase. If you wanted to increase your wound threshold or strain threshold after character creation with experience points, you have to do it through talents. There's a grit, I think there's a grit talent that adds to your strain, and I think toughened adds to your wounds or something. And as I had said earlier, this is uh, spending your beginning XP is the only way you can spend XP directly on your characteristics. There is a talent. It's a five fifth tier talent that you can take uh, that will one time increase to one stat. Yep. Um, and that is dedication mm-hmm. and one one characteristic. So there is a way to raise them after character creation, but it's only one time. Yep. Absolutely. So we have. So we've got our. So we've, I've got. I've got a workable character here, just about. All but right. I don't really have much of a. But I don't know. What's our next? What's our next thing that we need to do? Well, the next thing is you're going to determine your motivations. Oh, I like that a lot, actually. Yes. Uh, motivation in the old Star Wars system used to just be a kind of a, a single sentence about your character. Mm-hmm. Now they've split it into four parts. Yeah. Um, you have your character's desires, your character's st- uh, strengths, or fears, excuse me, their mm-hmm. fears, their strengths, and their flaws. Mm-hmm. And now... You can roll for them. There are tables for these. For desires, there's a table on page 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, for fears, 48. Strengths, 49. And 
flaws around 50. You can roll for these, or you can choose one, or you can, with the help of your GM, make one of your own. Absolutely. Yeah, these are pretty. These are pretty fun. Yeah, I like these. And I like these a lot. I mean, like for desire, um, vengeance. Someone or something has wronged your character in the past. The character is sworn to act revenge against the aggra- aggravating party. Sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's uh then and in each section. Uh, they have a good description, but you'll want to flesh that out to make it personal to your character. Uh, and we'll do that when we do our example characters that we're going to do in a little bit here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so at, yeah. and we'll get more in depth in those choices that I made for mine and yours. Um, I think we should go on to the last section. What's that? Okay, well, the last thing you do, you've got your character. Now you got to outfit them. you got to buy your gear. And uh, and right now, I think in the, the this... Uh, the Genesis core book, it is 500 currency, whatever that might be. It might be gold pieces. It might be silver pennies. It might be um, credits. Might be Bottle caps. Bottle caps. Oh, yeah, from Fallout. Nice. <laughs> um, or um, pieces of eight. <laughs> you know, whatever, you want, whatever you want your currency to be, there's 500, quote, unquote, units to spend on your gear. Okay. For that. And then you, um, you know, like... Every like anything else, you know, you pick your you pick your, you know, appearance, what they look like, whether they're that dark, cloak wearing person that's sitting in the corner of the tavern, like everybody starts with when they're young, right? I know I did. <laughs> I don't know. I always went with the flashy wizards, but that's just me. There you go. Figure. Well, I always went with the dwarves too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, then their personality as well and this is this is kind of where i ask those three questions like i asked earlier um what do you love what do you hate and why are you here and yep. you know with going through these things that they've suggested in here um you're pretty you pretty much got a character man that's ready to go awesome so you want to make a character buddy dude i can't wait to make this character <laughs> So uh, Chris and I have chosen to um, do uh, a bit of a character concept building challenge to each other or whatever. Uh, We just really wanted to build a character for you guys to hear and see. Now, um, for Chris's character, uh, (laughs) happens to be, uh, if you don't mind, buddy, I'll explain a little bit. Feel free. So over on the RPG Brewery podcast... um, uh, on YouTube now uh, and Twitch, Jamie Pearson ran you guys through Pathfinder's Rise of the Rune Lords. Yep. You did, uh, what, a 13-session live play? Took 13 sessions, um, about two, three hours each um, to go through book one. And then we did a, re- then we did a review show afterwards. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And during that, you played this crazy well not really crazy but uh crazy. it's no. kind of a fun loving guy a dwarf by the name of yuri warhelm hello this is yuri warhelm <laughs> i am here i am what is this genesis thing called again yuri shut up <laughs> i'm gonna make you you're not you're not you're not created yet you're not alive yet <laughs> so yeah so i'm gonna go through he was a um he was a dwarf um, warrior, ex-professional soldier, 
he would tell you, that um, loved life, wanted fame, fortune. He was a pipe maker. And, um, yeah, go over to, um, go over to, go over there, watch those, uh, live plays. So learn a little more about them, but I like, which, your, I like your choice, dude. Yeah, go ahead. I think, I think Tony's choice here, one of the most iconic kick-ass female sci-fi personalities ever, Ellen Ripley. Now, my question to you is, is this alien Ripley? Is this aliens Ripley, is this post what is it res- resurrection or whatever? <laughs> <I mean. laughs> well, it's it's definitely not resurrection, Ripley. I I, ba- I made a base character, so just like you're going to do with Yuri, cool. what you would do is you would build the base character, and then you would, if your GM gives you extra XP to spend, mm-hmm. you would then XP up. So if I was making her for aliens, she'd have a couple sessions worth of XP because yep. she did she did already go through one whole movie. Absolutely, and you know, when we might, we might, we might want to do that. Maybe we give these two characters like fifty starting XP after we make like the base, the starting character. Then we'll le- level them up, if you will. Well, not sure. really level them up, or we will advance them. XP them up, buddy. Yeah. So you know what? I think we're pretty much done with step one, man. We have our yeah. concepts already. Yep. We are done. Oh yeah. So let me see. So next, so step two here. I've got Yuri is a dwarf. So I'm actually, I'm going to go see what they do here. And um, since Jamie hasn't um, converted Pathfinder yet over to Genesis, come on, Jamie, you need to send out that document. No, I know he's not doing that <laughs> yet. Um, so we're taking the um, Tyranoth dwarf that has a brawn of two and agility uh, of one. Hang on, buddy. Just yeah, so people can follow along with us, that oh, dwarf is yep. found on page 142. Yes. Good call there, Tony. Good call. So, you know, he's a typical fantasy dwarf. Tough. Likes to... Eager to fight. Loves to drink. And in this case, Yuri, he likes to smoke his pipe, too. <laughs> um, so he's got a brawn of two, an agility of one, intellect of two, cunning of two, willpower of three, and a presence of two. He's going to have a starting wound threshold of 11 plus his brawn, strain threshold 10 plus willpower. He's going to start with 90 XP, which it's lower than a human because dwarves get a couple extra things. Um, they will, he will start off with a rank in resilience. Um, and when he makes, he has dark vision, so he'll be removing two setback die whenever he makes checks due to darkness. So if there's... If he's shooting a bow, if he is um, trying to go through a dark dungeon or something like that, and Tony here or Jamie when we're playing um, throws some setback die because of darkness, I'll be able to take those away. And then um, tough as nails, once per session, I could take a spend a story point, and immediately after suffering a critical, I could say, nope, I'm going to count that result as a zero one. So that could be a um, actually a lifesaver, to be honest with you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So that's is my species. That was my step two, man. All right. So, thinking? well, um, I went to look at the human archetypes because, well, Ellen's a she's a human, yep. and I gave them all a good look over, and I almost went towards the laborer, but I really think that she just started out as an average gal. So I went to the average human. The archetype nice. number one. That's cool. um, so that is 
found on page 36. Uh, she has two in all of her primary characteristics. She has a starting wound threshold of 10 plus brawn, starting strain of 10 plus willpower, starting XP of 110. Ooh, more than me. <laughs> and then she has two special abilities here. Uh, the average human starts with one rank in each of two different non-career skills at character creation. Now that choice is you can make it now when you're choosing your race or you can choose after you've chosen your career so you want to round your character a little more. Mm -hmm. So when I choose her career, I'll tell you what those two skills are. Um, good to me. So, and then the last thing is average humans have the ready for anything talent. Once per session, as an out-of-turn incidental, you may move one story point from the game master's pool to the player's pool. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. Especially if you've run out. <laughs> just, yeah. Which you probably never should, but still, you know. It happens cool. now and yeah, again. Story points. Yeah, that's cool, man. Dude, I like that. So, yeah, I went with an average human for her. All right. Excellent. All right, so let's go with the careers. Let's go do the careers here. So for Yuri, it's going to be pretty simple. He's a soldier. That's all there is mm -hmm. to it. I don't think there's anything. He's not a knight. He's a soldier. It's through and through, man. Through and through. Oh, yeah. That's what he is. So let's see. So he is. Let's see. We're going to do that. Oops. Um, yeah, so then he's got... Okay, so soldiers, they start with athletics, brawl, coercion, melee, um, perception, ranged, survival, and vigilance. So, because we are doing a... He's in a fantasy setting, pretty sure we're going to have melee, light, and heavy. Now, I know he's got he's going to be using a dwarven war axe. And he can use that either one or two-hander. So I would probably ask my GM at that point whether I would want to pick up a melee heavy skill. I'd probably want to go with melee heavy and say that even though you know it's a dwarven war axe, I can use it with one hand. But when I'm using it with two hands, I'm using basically the same skill. I don't know. What do you think there? Well, if I was, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I would go with... Um melee heavy for the Dwarven War Axe, even, even if you were using it one-handed. Um, I would definitely put a Cumbersome 3, probably, on that axe, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Which you, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that'd be kind of cool. So I would so that would be one skill. I would go melee heavy. Now, I know that Yuri had left home. Um, he was in the military, left the military, and went across um, the lands of Gorolanthia. So I'm picking survival as well. Um, okay, and and, and this this is the four uh, the, this is the four career skills you're putting your points in. These are the four I'm going to be putting my points in. So I'm going to okay. Have so melee heavy is one, and then survival was the second one. Okay. Yep, melee heavy is this survival is the second one. Um, I'm thinking that he is he, he's not a very he's very vigilant. I like vigilance a lot for him. Okay. He can notice things, not extremely perceptive, but very vigilant. He'll he's one of those guys that he would stand on watch and he would just be out there just ready to protect. Now gotcha. these others, um, athletics, brawl and coercion, um, he's done some crazy freaking maneuvers. 
um, <laughs> in that game, <laughs> running and jumping, and which we'll get into later too. <laughs> it's a pretty um, active fella. <laughs> he's a pretty active fella. So you know what? I'm going with athletics. That okay. Would be his fourth. That'd be his fourth. What do you got okay. for Ripley there, dude? Well, yeah, I had really one of two choices here. Now, uh, thinking she, while she was the pilot of the Nostromo, yes, she was. Really, really though, she the class I'm going to take is Starship Captain because she was third in command, and so Mm -hmm. in this case, uh, Starship Captain is going to give me computers, discipline, gunnery, knowledge, leadership, mechanics operating and perception and the reason why i chose this one is because of that operating skill the nostromo is a big ship and yep. operating is for big ships mm-hmm. uh piloting would be more like your drop ships and things like that and that led me to my first choice for one of my human skills for rip uh, uh one of the free ones that i get is that ripley is the pilot so she is going to go ahead and cross over into piloting so she can pilot the dropship nice. to and from the planet. And then there's a note down here uh, in the uh, Starship Captain that, as with fighter pilots, if you when you play a Starship Captain, um, you may want to change knowledge for astrocartography. And so I did that mm-hmm. because this is a space opera and type uh, setting. Uh, space, you know, fu- very futuristic, and I and think I believe I believe, I believe the astrocartography is definitely a f- very appropriate skill for that setting, for the alien setting, most definitely. Yeah, so I did that, and then for my second uh, human class skill, I find um, Ripley is the kind of character who gets her way through force of will more than just leadership. Okay. So I took coercion. Nice. Yeah, she she gets crabby. She's not to... she's not much of a like the I step up and am the leader kind where she leads people with her presence. It's more along the lines of you're going to do what the hell I want or I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> or we better do this now or these aliens are going to rip us apart. <laughs> exactly. She's used to yelling at people to get her way. So I took coercion. Yeah, that's sweet. And uh, so then to round out my skills that I took for uh, my career skills, uh, I put one point in perception because she's a pretty perceptive gal. In the movies, you see she's almost always one of the first ones to notice when uh, something's going wrong. <laughs> yep. I put a point in operating because, again, she's the pilot. So piloting both the Nostromo and the dropship. She now can uh, do both. Uh, I put point discipline because she does not have much of a problem with fear. Yeah, I um, I'm with you there, dude. And then that's a good choice. Now I could have done uh, for my last one. I could have done astrocartography. I could have done computers, but I think uh, in the way she kind of uses her abilities around the ship. Knowing the the destruct sequence and mm-hmm. the way she's the one who kind of works with the two mechanics to yep. get them motivated to do their job, she has a rank in mechanics. Yep. Yeah, I see that. Definitely. So those are my four beginning skills. Nice. Nice. All right. Then let's go on to the next step, which is spending our experience points. Me here... 
I'm going to be fairly boring on this because I am going to put two point, 20 points, 20 experience points to get that agility to a two. Because like it or not, this dwarf, he is more agile than most dwarves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is also stronger than most dwarves. So I'm going to bump his brawn up to a three for 30 more XP. Okay. But he's really strong. I'm going to bump that up to a four. He's got a brawn of four. Um, so that is so. 70 to move my brawn from 20 to, to, to two to a four. And then 20 more to put my agility from a 1 to a 2, which is all 90 starting XP <laughs> for me. Okay. Well, that was too easy, dude. That wasn't too easy. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Well, let's see. For Ripley here, um, she's a pilot. So piloting mm -hmm. and operating both fall on... Oh, fall under two different skills here uh, agility and intellect so since those are going to be her two primary things mm -hmm. i went ahead and spent um to raise uh, agility from a two to a three i spent 30 xp there okay. to raise intellect from a two to a three i raised i spent 30 there and then you know what i still like rolling uh for Coercion and discipline, both of which are skills she uses a lot, mm -hmm. those are willpower based. And I'm pretty sure in a horror setting, we're going to be getting a lot of strain and a lot of fear checks. Yeah. So I am going to go ahead and spend 30 more XP to raise my willpower to three. Nice. So grant, and that leaves me with a grand total of 20 XP to spend on other things. Ooh. So. I'm happy with my skills at the at the point of character creation, so I went ahead and bought some talents. Ooh, let me hear, man. Let me hear. What do you got? So I started out, again, she's a horror-setting uh, character, so I immediately put 5 XP in one rank, the first tier of grit. Crank up that strain. Increases your strain by one. Yep, nice. Yep. And then... She's also a pilot here and good at it. So I went ahead and put one rank and knack for it and chose the piloting skill in which that gives her the ability to remove a, a setback die per rank in um, that talent. So mm -hmm. she can remove one setback die for atmospheric conditions like trying to land a ship in the middle of a storm kind of thing. It's knack for it, right? knack for it yeah so it says when you purchase it you select a skill you remove two setback oh for many two. checks That's right. with that skill oh every time you purchase a talent you select two additional skills oh does then it come move... with two no the first one the first time you select it it's one skill and you remove two setback die from any checks using that skill oh gosh then i just each additional time you purchase it you select two additional skills what your character nice. also removes two setback from any checks made using those skills. Cannot select right. combat or magic skills using yep. this talent. That is sweet. I like yep. that. That's pretty cool. Yep. And then for her uh, third, that's five. She spent five XP on that, the first rank and knack for it. So you got 10 and, XP left. Yep. And I wanted, you know what? She's really, she's really quick with the retorts when people are uh, snapping at her. So yeah. I took clever retort, 
which is once per encounter, your character may use this talent to add automatic two threat to another character's social check. <laughs> oh, that's sweet, dude. Uh, and then that was five XP. And then the last one, I went ahead and bought the first rank and toughened because she's a tough gal. That is, I like that. That is pretty cool, man. And I I want her to be that well-rounded heroine. We, Mm -hmm. you know, all know from the, from the films. So that's, I kind of spread it all out there a bunch amongst, amongst a bunch of talents, but for the reason of, I can start buying those higher tier talents sooner. Yep. Well, you know what? So, you bought the two first tier, first two talents. You had two two tier one talents there. Mm-hmm. You I could, could have, have bought a third tier, which you well you could have bought a tier two talent, which would ta- cost you ten more XP. And I'd probably suggest skating tirade. Yeah, either you that. Could totally or... see her doing that, and you pick coercion for her, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And, and I I could have done that, I, yep. but I kind of wanted the toughness too. Nice little, and yeah. I could do that again in the future with my XP. Exactly. Man, there's this yeah, there's so much to choose from. But I like it. I like how you went with that, man. That's cool. Okay, so what's next? Let's see. So we spent our XP. We need to determine our derived attributes now. So for Yuri here, his wound threshold because he has a brawn of four, is going to be equal to 15. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> and his willpower, which is 10 plus his willpower, is going to be 13. And he is going to have a soak. No, His defense right now is going to be zero. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero. But his soak is going to be equal to four. I haven't picked any okay. gear yet, but his soak is going to be four, which is equal to his brawn right now. So that's pretty good. So anytime he's going to take damage, right off the bat, he's going to remove four right off the bat because he's so tough. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. Brawny. Yeah, which thinking of him in the in the setting as I played him through there and converting him over to this, yeah, it, he's he's he could take a hit for sure. Oh yeah. Um, Ripley there. Well, uh, again, uh, no defense. I didn't take any talents that give me defense or anything like that. Yep. Uh, I did take talents that increase my strain and my wounds. So my wounds are going to be the standard 10 plus my brawn for 12. And then for that first rank in toughened, it increases by two more. So my wounds are cool. 14. All right. And then uh, my willpower, or excuse me, my strain is going to be 10 plus my willpower and my one rank of grit. So 10 plus my three in willpower is 13, and one rank of grit gives me one strain. So I have a 14 strain. 14 wounds, 14 strain. Again, I'm back to that Mm well-rounded. And my soak value is equal to my brawn right now. We haven't purchased any gear or anything like that. So in this case, uh, it's just a two. It's just a two. Mm Mm-hmm. She's going to get hurt by something that hits her hard, but uh, <laughs> hopefully she can just avoid that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you know, I think I might, I think I might um, ask my DM here at this point, as I'm thinking of my gear, right? Mm-hmm. We start with 500. I started Yuri with a pipe that he made himself. Mm-hmm. With pipe weed, his axe, and a shield. So at this point, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I do want to tweak this soldier a bit. And maybe I do have 
like um, what do you call it? What is it? Crafting. Yeah. As a as a, as a skill, instead of say one of like brawl or something like that, that I could put a rank in so that I could say, hey, you know, he's tinkering and stuff. Or I could wait until I play my first session and have that that um, skill there, anyways. You know, increasing it because I can always make a crafting check. Mechanics, I guess, if that's what it is, um, in this setting, it could be crafting. I would think. So that's what I would start off with. Okay. So then my gear. So I've sold my five hundred. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, man. Oh, you're skipping the motivations. Oh, what am I talking about? Yeah, motivation. Oh, <laughs> determined derives. Oh, determined motivation. Yeah, we got to do motivations, don't we? Yeah, buddy. All right. So Yuri's desire. I don't even have to roll. <laughs> Yuri's desire is fame. Okay. That's all there is to it. I mean, normally I like to roll on t- on tables like these, but because yep. I know, because I've already played Yuri, I played him for 13 sessions, I really have a good feel for him here. So mm-hmm. his desire is fame. His fear. What is his, What do we have for that list? So yeah, so fame, he basically, he seeks the limelight, he wants to be famous, he wants people to like him and love him, and you know, in Sandpoint, they kind of do, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, Let's see here, he, I think his biggest fear is letting down his friends. Okay. Which could potentially be... Humiliation? Well, humiliation, how others, or not necessarily, I think maybe failure. Like, if failure. he fails... To protect them, you know what I mean. I think that's his biggest fear would be letting um, um, what do you call it, uh, Walter die, which Walter almost um, did. His little halfling buddy almost did in that one of those last battles. And I'm thinking I'm going with failure there because that would be ultimate. He doesn't fear death; he welcomes it. That that makes sense. There was a quote. Oh my gosh, there was a quote from um, what is it? Farscape. You ever watch that show? Oh yeah. Remember that quote that what's his name meant the 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 warrior guy made about fear? Mm, no, I'll, not I'll off the top up. of my I'll, head. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll I'll, I'll we'll be after our next break or pause. I'll I'll have it ready for us in a little bit. All right. So let me see. So then his biggest strength. Let's see strength for Yuri here. Oh, that's easy. It's courageous. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just doesn't fear has no place in his heart. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't put. I don't have any ranks of discipline, but it just doesn't matter. He has a he has a high enough willpower that is, yeah. He doesn't fe- he doesn't fear much at all. Nice. All right. Now his flaw, <laughs> which could be courageous as well, <laughs> his courage too. Um, let's see here. Example. F- oh, that's easy. <laughs> Compulsion. We're gonna say addiction. Smoking. Uh, <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> Ale and smokes. <laughs> Ale and pipes. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Did, did, didn't Yuri go through an entire fight drunk? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he sure did. Um, he's not greedy. He's not prideful. He's not. You know, gosh, I. He's almost reckless too, man. You could you could cover could go, all of that with recklessness. I 
think so. You know, the, the ability like to get drunk and go into a fight, or in this case, go off tromping into the woods. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, your character shows little regard for how their actions may affect himself or others. Lack of forethought. <laughs> lack of forethought. Well, <laughs> especially prone to dangerous or inconsiderate actions. Dude, I could go either way. You think recklessness? You think? I think reckless. You would just drop right. the inconsiderate part and the concern for others. He's definitely he's concerned reckless. for. He's definitely reckless. Others. I didn't read the it's, whole. It's all self recklessness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And by the way, if any of you start watching um, the live plays and would like to. Um, let me know whether reckless or compulsion would be good for Yuri. Let me know. <laughs> All right. So, what do you got for um? What do you got for Ripley here, man? Well, I uh, I went through again because it's a character we know. I went through and picked them. I hand picked them instead of rolling them. Yep. And so for her number one desire, I, it was a tough one, but I went with justice. Yep. Ripley is a by the book kind of gal. Mm-hmm. She wants her due she thinks that uh people have there's a there's a right there's a wrong there's what you deserve and what you don't deserve and 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 you the people who do wrong should get what they deserve and the people who do good and are hard working should get what they deserve i like so so that's her thing yep um her number one fear uh, this one was hard. This one kind of, I was like, well, her big fear is not being able to answer to that promise to her daughter mm-hmm. to head home for her 11th birthday. So I put failure. Okay. And that's uh, failure as a mother. Mm-hmm. That's her biggest fear. Even through the whole series, you know, uh, failing Newt, when she adopts Newt later, it becomes a thing that she will not do, uh, so on and so forth. So I put failure. Failure as a mother. Okay. You know, I, I could even. I could even see Nemesis. Yeah, late, like, later on that, and and that's one thing that we didn't discuss. These can change. Yep, they can definitely. It, that would definitely evolve over time. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, um, these can change. If your character, you make your character and your motivations are one thing, but through play, you've determined that your character is doing something different. Mm-hmm. Feel free to change it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Ask your GM first, but yeah, in this case, her biggest fear, number one, was failure as a mother. Yep. yep. But then it might have kind of changed to <laughs> the nemesis of the aliens getting back to Earth. <laughs> and fighting and fighting the queen bitch of the aliens there in the <laughs> Aliens movie, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, I could I could also see Yuri going from that um, of, of, you know, compulsion evolving to a more reckless... So towards the end, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So for her strength, um, this one was easy. The very one at the top, adaptable. Oh, yeah. Ripley's biggest strength is her ability to adapt and survive any situation. (laughs) And um, Yeah, Yeah, I did. Totally. Yep, that one was easy. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, that one was kind of hard too. But uh, I kind of, yeah, her flaw is her temper. Uh, Ripley has a tendency to let her temper get the best of her. Uh, she can get angry at a moment's notice, and she might confront things that are beyond her capabilities uh, <laughs> initially because she's pissed off. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're going with the anger there, huh? That anger. One? Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like that. And 
So then here is where we start getting into gear. Now, my gear, I'm going to go ahead and start with this. My gear is going to be easy. My gear is going to be determined in a horror setting. I'm not going to have much. I'm not going to get the 500 uh, currency because my gear is whatever I can scrounge on the ship. Throughout. I see that. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to start with the clothing on my back. And mm-hmm. whatever I can scrounge throughout the ship. So all I have for gear is a flight suit, which I put down as having a soak of one. Um, okay. And so that increased my soak to three. Cool. And that's it for my gear. Now, later on, I can salvage things, pick up, say, a flamethrower or, you know, second movie, maybe a pulse rifle or two. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't start with any gear. Not in a horror setting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So let's see. So my gear for Yuri, he definitely, well, he has his Dwarven War Axe. Now I see an axe and I see a Great Axe. And I'm leaning towards this Great Axe, but it's going to be a Dwarven War Axe. So I don't like the whole, I think the I think the plus four damage on it, I think we mm-hmm. can reduce that to a plus three when it's one-handed. And plus four when I'm wielding it with two hands. Where's this axe at you're seeing? This axe that I'm looking at, oh, I am on table 1-1 in setting in the settings, the actually the fantasy settings on page 144. One. Aha. So, I go, so I didn't go with like the standard they didn't really have anything, a knife or whatever. <laughs> so I went to the fantasy Tiernoth setting in the mm-hmm. settings part of the book. Thanks for asking me. Let me know that, dude, so people can <laughs> follow around, along. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm looking at this and, you know, maybe working it with my GM. Um, we can do a plus three when he's wielding it with one hand, plus four when he's wielding it with two hands, and cranking that pierced value down to a down to a one. And okay. then make it, and then lightening up the price a little bit to maybe 250 Instead of making okay. a full three hundred, something like that, and then um, the shield, he definitely he does a he does an action action shield style, so he'll pick one of those up for eighty. So he's up a little over three hundred, three fifty right now, or three thirty. Three thirty, yeah, three thirty. Um, and for his armor, I would probably want to do something a little more significant than leather. But that's all I can afford right now, and what's kind of available somewhere between leather and chainmail. Um, but I'm thinking I can call it um, scale mail mm-hmm. and give it a and pay up pay a hundred for it and do a soak one and call it a day. Maybe make it a cumbrance three. Um, maybe give it a maybe give it a defense one as well and soak. Okay, one. that might be reasonable. I don't know, but that I don't know that gets in a little more expensive such but i think just keeping it where it's at maybe for 100 um 100 gold pieces he'll do a soak of one on like a suit of scale mail with a three encumbrance okay and then and then i'll just say you know he's probably got a he's got just random gear worth under 50 gold um you know, and that's where from, your grappling hook and your rope and your rations and your backpack and, and shit that. like that comes but in. He does. He would like to have. I probably. I'd probably spend a good 50, 50 gold on his um, on his carving tools for his pipe tools. Oh, so I know there's thieves tools in here, but I'm thinking like whenever he's crafting his um, his pipes, he has a set of tools that he uses, which will give him a boost die to that skill to that skill check. 
maybe four fifty gold. Okay, you know something along those lines. So that's definitely under his five hundred. Um, so I don't yeah. think you're a little over, but okay. Well, am I a little over? <laughs> maybe. Or we'll go a little under. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> So something uh, along those good. lines, but we'll work it out. We could, we'll, that, all that stuff we could work out. Yeah, and that's all going to be set. You're, you're going to have because there isn't a lot of gear in the core Genesis book. Yeah. So your your, your GM is going to have to work with you on prices on things and make mm-hmm. a price list for you. Yeah. And it, when you're choosing things like scale mail, that's not on the list. Maybe the price wasn't a hundred gold. Maybe the price since yeah. you're only making it like leather armor. Maybe it is leather. It's just, maybe it's only the cost of leather armor. It's sure. the same price. It's just scales instead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it, and then, of course, then you'd be under your 500 cap. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. sweet. And then, so so we've chosen our gear. Now we have like our appearance and our personality. Um, for Yuri's appearance, he's a. Um, He's very proud of his beard. He's got a long red beard. He wears a helm. He's, his your name is Yuri Warhelm, so he's got on the top of his helm kind of a little um a little uh thing that uh, kind of looks like a W <laughs> actually. Um you know, typical dwarf, gruff dwarf and his personality there, his answers to those questions, what does he love, what does he hate, and what is why is he here? Um what he loves is um he loves alcohol and pipe smoking after a battle and what he hates are the um orcs and giants or whatever that is that that he has been fighting all of his lives his life and um and then why he was there he's there to get famous make some gold and open up a pipe shop overlooking the coast and sand points okay that's him that's yuri and as far as personality, we all know who Ripley is, so I don't really have to describe her personality to you. Right. Her looks, obviously, you know, she's female. She's in her late 20s in the first film, early 30s. She looks um, a lot like Sigourney Weaver, by the way. Yeah, who happens, to be, who happens to be six feet tall. <laughs> and so she's six feet tall, slender built, curly black hair. There you go. Perfect. And uh, that's pretty much the characters rounded out without any XP. But as we spoke earlier, these are both established characters. True. So before we get on to the, the, the using them when we're going to use them later, we mm-hmm. probably should spend that XP. Let's spend it. Okay, so what did we agree how on? Many, 50 how, or 100? I don't know. How many do you want to do? How, much extor- and how many earned XP do we want to do? I think 50 is fine. I think any more than that, we're going to get a little complicated. Right. That's true. Let's do it. Okay. Well, how would Yuri spend his XP? How would he spend his XP? Well. He's got no talents, buddy. I know. He doesn't have any talents. So he needs to spend some talents. He needs to spend. He's going to be spending this on some talents. Now, your GM made up a talent for you guys, did he not? He did. He made up something called the long and the short of it. Now there was a um, there was a female paladin that Yuri and her had a had a um, we fought with her behind Yuri poking bad guys over his head, 
and we did with this her pole arm, with right? With her pole arm, yep, with her pole arm. So we had like the we called it the long and the short of it, and that basically gave Yuri a plus one to his armor class, and it gave her a a plus one to hit. So how would I translate that from a D and D? Sorry, D shift seven D <laughs> to a Genesis game? What would we well, think? well with what the short of it? With yeah, the short of it, you Yuri could, would be the short of it. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about the long of it. That's her end. As That's a GM, right. um, if it's a tier one talent, uh, let her add a couple boost die to her attack roll. To her attack roll. Um, or maybe uh, a boost die to her attack roll, and maybe or a single boost die. Right, or maybe and then with Yuri having being on the short of it, maybe he he um, he has a plus. One defense, melee defense. That would give his opponents a setback die aiming at him, and that makes sense. All right, so let's do that. So we thinking that's a first first level? A well, first, I think you guys one? bought it very low in the game. I think I you think guys... so. So I would so say, yeah, it's a tier one. talent. Yeah, dude, we're doing a short of it. Short of it. That's right. Plus one defense. Melee defense. Melee defense, that's right. Plus one melee defense. All right, now I need another one, and I'm looking at this durable talent. That looks. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I like durable. I also like that tier one talent called toughened. <laughs> is it toughened? Is that what it, it is toughened. Plus yep. two wounds. Yep. Yep, I took it, so yep. it's toughened. Toughened. So, and then I'm. Let's see. What do we have for second? What do we do have for like a second? Tier. Mm. Well, there's uh, coordinated assault. Gosh, I'm, I like coordinated assault. I do like though. Um, gosh, I do like I do like lucky strike. Yeah, that one's not bad. To add a damage equal to your character ranks and a characteristic characteristic to one of his combat because he does he he does have those lucky strikes, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Like, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> tier two lucky strike what am i at right now we're at you've spent 15, 20 of your 50 15 20 five, 25 so far let's see if there's another two uh i only got so i got th- i got three so i got the short of it at tier one durable at tier one toughened at tier one that's oh 15. i forgot durable yep My and bad. then i'm um, in lucky strike okay 25 so you're halfway there I am halfway there. Let's see. I'm liking sidestep too. Well, no, that's range. Oh, what was that one where he can, where you can dodge melee defensive stance? Upgrade difficulty of all melee combat checks. That's another tier two. There you go. Tier two. So that's ten more. We're at thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Defensive now. Stance. You can't buy any more tier twos, but you could buy a tier three talent. Yeah, I'm looking at that, dude. And what do we have for? What do you see for tier three for him? Because that's 15, and that will pretty much spend all 50, won't it? Mm-hmm. For me. Now, don't have an animal companion unless we call. No, we wouldn't call Walter an animal animal companion. <laughs> I don't see anything that fits you. Maybe you ought to spend the rest in skills. That Maybe is... raising that melee heavy to a second rank. Ooh, that's actually pretty good. That'd actually be pretty nice. 
Melee, and then, so, yeah, melee heavy do a second, and then we have um, so that would leave him with five, five XP. XP. You could save it, or mm-hmm. you could buy a rank in one of your career skills. Yeah, he probably. Oh. I'd probably have at this point. I'd probably put it in ranged because remember that sniper shot he made mm-hmm. towards the end of the campaign. Yeah, here we go. We'll do a ranged. Cool. Rank two. Yeah, so that's. I'm liking this. I'm liking this character now. Watch out, Jamie. We gotta play. <laughs> We're gonna play some more, dude. <laughs> so that's Yuri. That is Yuri. There, all leveled up, all advanced. All right. All right. What so, do we got for what do we got for Ripley? Oh well, she's a she's a skill hound, um, well, and I bought that. most of my talents already. Oh, true. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, spend 10 XP to raise her discipline to a uh, second rank. I'm gonna right. spend 10 XP to raise her uh, coercion to a second rank because I like to use those two skills a lot. <laughs> there you go. So that's 20 of my 50. And then for my uh, third one, I'm going to spend... Um, oh, geez. It's tough. I think I'm going to go ahead and buy a talent. I'm going to go actually buy a talent. I wanted to have that uh, second rank or second tier knack for it. Oh, yes. So 10 XP for a second tier, uh, second rank in knack for it. Nice. And that allows me to um, choose two more skills that I have the knack for. And I'd already chosen piloting, so I'm going to choose coercion and discipline both. Nice. So fear is not going to be something that will keep me down. No, <laughs> as seen in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> right? And cool. then, um, so she's going to need, like, a couple more rounded out skills. And at this point, uh, let's see, I've spent uh, 30. Um, actually, you know what? She's um, going to go ahead and spend 10 more and raise her piloting to the second rank. So yeah. now all the skills that she has the knack for it in are all two yellow, one green pools. Nice. And then uh, her last 10 XP, I'll round out by taking astrocartography and computers uh, class skills. So that's it. Yeah, man. I like that. Sounds good, man. All right. So, yeah. So there are there is Yuri Warhelm and Ripley. Ellen <laughs> Ripley. Yeah, if you have any you questions guys. about uh, character creation out mm-hmm. there. Um, feel free, hit us up. We might have missed something. We're we're That's not right. we're not experts at this. Uh, we're okay. kind of bumbling our way through a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just email us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail dot com or or drop us a line on our Facebook page, which we'll be given more of that at the end too. Okay. Well, what do you say we get on in the next segment, buddy? Yeah, dude. Let's start. Let's let's set the tone. Okay. Okay, welcome to Setting the Tone. This is where Chris and I take the topic for the day, uh, which was character creation. We kind of apply it to our settings uh, that we have. Um, In my case, I am doing Hellgate Genesis, 
and Chris has done Primeval Thule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, for Hellgate Genesis, I have done uh, the archetypes. You're pretty much playing humans. Um, so it's just the human archetypes. Uh, I have none of my own. I use the one straight out of the core book. Um, so that's fine. And then I added a step before you choose your class between the time you choose your archetype and you're going to choose a faction. And there's a reason for that because the faction gives you, I am using a setting rule in the back of the book for the superhero settings. I am using a thing called super characteristics. And what super characteristics do is that uh, you have a, whatever is your super characteristic if you if it's strength or agility, intelligence, whatever, when you make a check with one of your super characteristics that generates a triumph, you get to add another yellow die to your pool. Roll in another yellow die. Nice. So in I want in, in this case with Hellgate, with all the characters are the last survivors of mankind. They're all super heroic. So each of them, in this case, the different factions, there's the three factions. There's the uh, Templar, which are your knights. And so their super characteristic is going to be brawn. Uh, the Kabbalists, their super characteristic is presence. The Kabbalists are your um, wizards and people like that. And then the hunters, which are your... Um, uh, your government types, their super characteristic is going to be cunning. So, yeah. and then, then the next step when you choose your class, you get your career skills, and um, some of the in each class you also get a second super characteristic. Um, uh-huh. So, in this case, for the um, for the what did I have? I lost my note here. <laughs> oh, here it is. Um, for the Guardian and the Blade Master, just as an example, those are the two classes that are in the Templar. Um, the, gar- uh, the, uh, the Guardian gets willpower, and the Blade Master gets agility. So that kind of sets your um, what's going to be your super characteristics are going to set your tone for what your character is going to be really good at. Nice. And then uh, the last thing I did um, is I'm borrowing a mechanic from the Star Wars system, and that is uh, Duty from Age of Rebellion. Uh, This way, because there is no real system of buying things in uh, the Hellgate universe. You just basically, the more you earn rank in your faction the better gear you get and the better upgrades you can get. So in this case, instead of having a monetary system, we have a duty system where every character begins at 20 duty and the duty determines what starting gear they can have. And then as their duty goes up, that increases the type of gear that they can have, that they can Mm -hmm. requisition from their faction, so to speak. So with with that, so if you're pulling it from... The Star Wars system. Are you allowing them to stop start their um, that that twenty duty lower to get more experience points? 
and yes. such how they're doing it? Oh, okay, cool. The same way that they would set yeah. back, they would give themselves a, basically a setback on their starting gear oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that way. But if they wanted to have lesser gear to be able to have a little more XP to maybe spend on talents or um, on um, skills, they could do so. And Ooh. the way that works is you can buy um, you can buy it down by 5 to gain 5 XP, or you can buy it by, down by 10 to gain 10 XP to spend at character creation. Nice. And that's pretty much all I've done that's different for Hellgate. Every, everything else is pretty much by the book. Nice. Sounds cool, dude. Can't wait to play in it <laughs> <laughs> when you're done. <laughs> all right, so my setting that I've been converting is uh, Primeval Thule. Um, and where I'm at there was, you know, there are Thulean races. It's a fantasy setting. So you're, so we have... Um, Thulean elves, Thulean dwarves, humans, and Thulean halflings. Um, so created those, um, and then there's the Atlanteans as well. So those are those are races that I've added. Um, got various. I've added some careers there as well. Um, taken most, taken some from the some th- from the um, Genesis book, core book, and then added a few of my own. Um, but what I've also added to this step. When you're picking your careers, you pick your career, you pick your skills, you're also going to roll a literacy. You're going to make a literacy check. It's going to be intelligence check based on, and the difficulty is going to be based on whatever career you select. Because in Thule, not everybody can read. So that'll be kind of, that, that, that's gonna kind of pretty cool. So then after you, um, let's see, so then after you create you select a career roll your literacy then in, before you invest experience points you're going to choose what, what what's called a narrative and think of these if anybody's played the fifth edition um d shift 7d game um these are like backgrounds for that and um typically each one of these background each one of these narratives will give you a starting um benefit at character creation and um we'll go into one of these let me see i'll say the bear of the black book um one of them so at character creation you'll get what's called arcane familiarity and you can add a boost die to all your arcana checks and it becomes an arc and it becomes a career skill for you and if it's already a career skill you get one free rank of it one free rank in that as well then there's something called an eldritch power which is another which is another um power that you get, and once per session, if you're connected to the back black book, you can pull, you can generate one automatic success and one automatic um, advantage on an Arcana skill check. And then once you hit a couple, we I created something called a milestone. So milestone one, milestone two. Um, if you hit say 100 earned XP, you get another thing. Um, 200 XP, you'll get another um, milestone power. Um, so at milestone one. For the protector of the black book, it got hidden insight. Always reduce the difficulty of the dispel spell by one, you know, by one rank. So there's that. Um, so those are narratives. And then, um, you know, I tweaked the skills, the skill list as well. I think some of you may have seen me post out on um, out on uh, the Genesis forums about some of that, and added talents. 
I think I pulled about 50 talents from Star Wars and from our conversion document that I had done before for the Star Wars into this. And then um, during the purchasing, spending your XP phase, I've added something that was inspired by another game I've played called Savage Worlds. Um, they're called Merits and Flaws, but here we're calling them Merits and Hindrances. So they are um, Merits, you can spend 5 XP or 10 XP for a minor or a major one. Or you could spend, or you can gain a hindrance and get 5 XP or 10 XP. Um, and here I think we, I've limited to, to like maybe 20 experience points um, worth of flaws you can get. And let me find a couple of examples for there. So for a merit, say, you have um, um, ambidextrous. It's a minor one, costs you 4 XP. Um, equally adept at either hand, add a boost die to when taking an action with both hands, like two weapon fighting. Um, and it's also extremely helpful should you lose a hand, because <laughs> you could use either hand if you do that. <laughs> um, and then um, there's a, one of the hindrances um, I've got is frail. It's a major hindrance, amazingly weak constitution. You add a setback die to all resilience check and plus 10 percent to all critical hit rolls it's as if you've always had a you've got this agonizing you're just frail you're just easier to crit and do more damage to um and awesome then, yeah and then um i think i start i lowered the starting gold to like 100 gold um because i tweaked the um what do you call it the equipment charts and then um, I'm probably going to be posting this player's guide later on this week in the Genesis forums for people to look at and criticize and such. So keep an eye out for that. And nice. by the way, I found that quote. Oh. From start from Farscape. So it's a so Argo and Crichton were kind of were kind of in a hangar bay or they're doing something. They we're talking about fear, and um, Dargo says fear accompanies the possibility of death. Calm shepherds its certainty. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a cool quote. Anyways, well, that's 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 cool, Chris. Um, and again, you have pretty much finished your uh, primeval fool document. I, however, mm -hmm. am about Working a third it. of the way through my Hellgate Genesis conversion yes. document, yeah. and maybe sometime in 2018, people might see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this is uh -huh. just going to be the player's guide. I've got I'm going to have like a a a GM's guide that I'm still working on the bestiary and stuff in there too, converting all that. But yeah, but for the player side, pretty much done. Mm. Awesome. Well, sweet. That pretty much does it for setting the tone. You yeah. want to go on to everybody's favorite section? Oh yeah, on the advantageous threats here. everybody welcome to advantageous threats our our favorite segment of the show because we get to you know play play the game if you will <laughs> get to roll some dice dude. we get to roll some dice dude all right so <laughs> my scenario is gonna be a scenario i can't remember what episode number it was but yes it is yuri doing something crazy let me set it up for you real quick 
So we're coming into this. Um, we're down in a dungeon. It's a little bit dark. Um, Erica, the, the female paladin, is down there engaging in one of these sin spawns. And Yuri's going, and there's a 10-foot drop off this platform, and he just runs straight straight towards her, leading, jump, trying to jump off this platform with his axe, leading with his axe. So let's do it. <laughs> let's build up that pool, yo. <laughs> so I'm thinking... I'm thinking. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to Yuri in that? You didn't what go happened? any... Because <laughs> this might come out a little differently than yeah, the it way... It might come out. Okay, so how it came out, not to spoil anything, but yes, to spoil something. Um, he, I rolled a nat one. <laughs> Yuri slipped, did a face plant on the floor, and his axe landed straight in his back. People call him Sharkfin now. Um <laughs> He took like probably twelve points of damage, and granted, you know he's only second, third level, so it was like half his hit points. <laughs> and then Walter is there trying to pull the axe out. Actually, he tried to pour um, what do you call it, a healing potion on him, and he didn't. He's like, he looks up and he's like, "Do I drink it or what?" He's asking if he drank. The do healing I drink potion. it? Touch him? <laughs> touch him? Do I drink him and touch him? What do I do? Do I pour it on him? <laughs> so it's, it's one of the funnier moments in that life play for oh, sure. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> So, if we were playing it in Genesis, Tony, okay. what do I have to do here? Now, I know, I know, I made it like I was making like an athletics check right. in that in that thing, and we were just kind of kind of have that athletics check, and then based on that success, he was gonna, I was gonna do damage with the, with the, um, just kind of make it make it all in one. Yep, and you could do the same thing here. Uh, you could so do an athletics check uh, and make it all in one. All right, let's do this. So Yuri has um, a four in brawn, one ath- one in athletics. Okay. So, that's so you're looking be, at a. I'm looking at a yellow, three green. Sounds good. Um, he is really he's 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 gonna aim, if you will, with his axe to kind of go hit the thing, and he's moving, so he's gonna take some strain, but he's still gonna but he's. To, 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 to aim as he's going. So I'm going to add a boost die to that. Okay. So the difficulty here. So in this case, uh, you're leaping 10 feet down, but you're leaping over a paladin wielding a polearm. Um, or over the ledge, if you will. Oh, I've still got to uh, make the railing, I think. <laughs> yeah. to jump off the railing. So for your short little stubby dwarf legs, I would give that probably a hard difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's of, an automatic. That feels like an automatic red, though, um, because it's, he's falling, man, into combat. Yep. Without yep. even you spending a story point, probably. Well, in this case, I'd say in the easiest way to say it is that the sin spawn have adversary one. Perfect. I like that. I like that, and I did say that it was dark. It yep, was, and so we'll be. It was actually almost pitch black. There was a torch, That's but true. it was held by Walter, who was kind of hiding, or he dropped it. And I think he dropped it and hid, and it was there. So I was basically leaping. He was leaping basically in the darkness. Yeah, so that would be two setback dice. That's two setback dice. But Yuri, if I remember, he has dark vision, which I get to remove two black setback. Ooh, this is looking good for Team Good. Okay. I'm thinking you you probably want to spend that story point and give me two red, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) 
I only got one roll to make you make. I might as well have spent my That's one GM story. <laughs> oh, now you got me doing it. Damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna spend a story point on this. Yeah, <laughs> tricky, isn't it? I'm gonna spend a story point just because. Well. Just because it's a story, it's it's quite. It could be quite the story that's coming out of this. And it was I, quite, and he's, quite and he's, the cinematic moment there. It is quite a cinematic moment. All right, so I'm going to roll this sucker. So what's your pool finally? Okay, my pool. I have two proficiency dice, yellow dice, two green dice, the ability die. I have one boost die. I have two. <laughs> Two red dice, which is the challenge dice, and one purple difficulty die. Yep. This seems like a makeable roll, but hey, we'll see. And here we go. We're rolling it. Please roll two despairs so I can put a fin in your back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that did not come up, actually. A lot of blanks, actually. Oh, wow. But I, I, so I have like a couple of, a couple of misses, four hits. So I'm going to succeed two successes with two advantage. Everything else is black or blank. Wow. How'd your boost die come out? Uh, blank. Okay. All right. So aiming didn't do you a lot of good. Aiming didn't do me much good at all. And you left me nothing behind to narr- narrate with as GM. So tell me, how does this work out, buddy? So in the Genesis, so in a parallel world... yuri actually succeeds on this um doing some damage to this sin spawn taking a couple of i'm going to take these two advantage and um put myself in a situation to give erica the long and the short of it man we're like in position to do our thing nice take this thing down so you landed right between it and Erica, and you sink your axe into its left shoulder. Yep. And, uh, and put it on the put it on the defensive right away. Exactly. And this is basically the dream Yuri had later on that night. <laughs> if it had only worked the way I <laughs> wanted it, it works, to. That's what I was dreaming it would be. And this is actually this tale he tells. <laughs> of course, of course. It's bragging in the bar later, right? That's right. That's right. The fish is getting this big. All right, all right. So that was that. All right. So for mine, uh, I chose um, since we advanced Ripley into basically aliens territory on the second movie oh, yeah. for her XP. Uh, I went ahead and chose to do that moment in the hive room where she has rescued newt and she is trying to intimidate the queen by aiming her flamethrower over the eggs (laughs) okay (laughs) she's using coercion first of all all right and i'm figuring she's been she's limping because she's been pretty beat up so i've got a critical hit that gives me a setback die at least okay. one. I like that. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking this queen. I'm thinking to intimidate this queen. She's so big. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be at least a hard check, maybe even daunting, which is four, right? You think? I'll take daunting. You think daunting four? And this queen, I'm thinking she's at least adversary two, 
don't you? Okay. I mean, sure. she's a nemesis. She's a nemesis. It, you know, so she's probably adversary too there. All right. So you have already just set up the. We've already set up just the basic pool, which mm-hmm. is uh, my skill of two yellow uh, and a green, yeah. and then the negative dice are currently uh, two red, two purple, and a black. Right now, my, I have my knack for it, which Ooh. allows me to remove up to two setback dice from nice. my coercion checks. So I'm going to take that black die out. Perfect. I'm going to. Next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to use my once per session talent to flip your story point over to my side oh. so you can't use it that's perfect feel free <laughs> and then i'm gonna use it <laughs> so did i do that wrong was i able to use a story point for yuri in the last one i forgot how that worked in this system can only one side use a story point nope you can use any given... each each can use you okay. can only use one each Gotcha. But in this case, I took away your you're, ability using my once per session. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, that's a good time to use it. And, and I'm because you ask, have you, you have that you have that big you have you're threatening threatening me with crap ton of fire. And yeah, and my babies. <laughs> so can I have a boost die for that? Threatening um, the babies. Actually, yeah. I mean, okay. I'll even give you two because okay. that because of that um that uh what do you call it? that flamethrower? You've already got some flame coming out of it. Oh yeah, you're, you're t- I've already burned a few things. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So I'm looking at a uh, two blue, three yellow, two red, two purple dice pool. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. So first thing I notice here is that I rolled a lot of threat, um, but I had. A single success, mm-hmm. um, and both of my both of my red, uh, blue dice came up blank. Okay, just so they're the only dice that came up blank. All right. <laughs> um, so, with my single success and my net of three threat, what happens there, GM? Single success and three threat. Let's see here. So in that, so the way that scene played out in the movie, well, let's see. So you're threatening her with this. Um, you succeed. First off, you succeed on threatening the queen bitch, right? So she tells her drones to back off. Yep, they're all backing off. Okay, they're all backing off. But that, but and and you're and you're just you're shooting the um the flamethrower out, right? Mm-hmm. But. With that three threat, it kind of sputters a little bit. Maybe. Uh, well, and, you know, she doesn't use it again after that. It could very well be. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, no, she, no, she does use it. She does use it. Never mind. I'm, might, I'm yeah. thinking wrong. <laughs> but, it, but it kind of, but it, but it's kind of sputtering a bit. Okay. Um, so it might not be quite as effective as she wants, but she did succeed at maybe making a way for her to get out. Yep. And so. that kind of is how it played out in the movie until the eggs started opening and all hell broke loose. <laughs> and then what happened? Rip- Ripley's uh, flaw comes into play and she just unloads on the entire room and her anger takes makes the best, uh, gets the best of her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Very cool, man. All right, folks, that's our advantageous threats for today. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I did. 
Yeah, I love these. <laughs> All right, man. Next, let's let's close this thing out, man. Sounds good. All right, folks. So that's our show for today. Um, we have some contact information for you. We, you can reach us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, finding the narrative podcast on Podbean and iTunes. Uh, you can find us there. Um, you can also contact me, uh, and I will forward it on to Chris at the uh, Finding the Narrative Facebook page. And both Chris and I are available also on G Plus in the Nerds International uh, Nerds International with a hyphen. That's right. <laughs> Google Plus community. Um, mm-hmm. And you can and, find it. We, we post on um, Genesis, the Genesis forums out there as well. I'm yeah. Zezri, right. And I is. am Asmodeus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And over on G+, uh, there's, there's a bunch of us over there in the Nerds International Network. Yes, there sure is. I'd like to give a shout-out to the murder hobo himself. Gary Wansom beats McCollum. The, I love you. That big, guy? Yeah, you big hairy dude. Shared a room <laughs> with him at Con and the Cobb. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. He, <laughs> yeah, he took me on some adventures. I drove him around. I picked him up from the airport. I think I kind of yeah. scared him when I showed up being pale white, bald, with all kinds of tattoos. <laughs> Good. He's a, fine, he's, a, he's a fine Canadian, though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So what's Gary doing over there at the Murder Hobo well, Show? He's, I believe he has started a new podcast with Victor Diaz and Frank Turfler called Threats treats and timers and it's all about this index cards role-playing game which oh. i don't know much about but it, well, he, they just kicked it off and i think he I've, loves playing with them them index cards and RPGing <laughs> with them <Doesn't> he? <laughs> yeah i see rpg is what it's called and he does the he's he's done a couple of uh, live plays where he brings people through it on um tape on uh, tabletop simulator cool. and i actually did one episode uh one of those, I went through his Gartar, uh, played my uh, my um, Shark Man that was uh, wanted to be a porn star, <laughs> Shark Man mechanic, nice. <laughs> named Gilbert <Wow>. Finkelstein. <laughs> but you could uh, you could find Gary at the, Mur- at the Murder Hobo Show over at the uh, G Plus community for Nerds International with a hyphen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. All right. Oh. So that pretty much does it for today. Yes, it does. I I had a great time. This was a good show, Chris. Oh yeah, man. Me too. Always. Yes, creating characters. Yeah. Sorry that this is this episode got a little long and kind of out out of there for us, but a lot of stuff in here creating the characters, and this is one of the favorite things that I like to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm gives you an idea of the setting and the, the tone for no matter what game you're playing uh it's one of the first things i'll do even if i'm just going to be gming it is i'll sit down and make a character or two just to oh yeah. get a feel for it yeah and even even if you're like at a at a at like a game store or whatever and you're flipping through books flip to the character character sheet and look at the character sheet you could tell yeah. a lot from the system by just looking at the character sheet they have in there so mm-hmm. all right Excellent. well and until next time Uh, This is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and to just have fun, everybody. Have a good night. Good night.
Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.